with a shot. Welcome to Who Kicked the Corner Flag, a Premier League game show podcast recorded from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and I'm joined by the one who throws boomerangs professionally, plays seeker in Quidditch, and who brews his own vodka from the tears of Arsenal fans. It's Gerard Bustamente. There, bud. I am here. How are you, sir? I am good. I am good. And we are once again joined by the man who managed to keep himself on flat terrain this week, who had Olivier Giroud speak at his wedding, true story, and loves mimosas on a Sunday morning, also true. It's Boyce Richardson. You there, bud? I am indeed checking in from lovely Tempe, Arizona. That's nice. I like the little uh, scenic uh, rotation there. We had Omaha one week, Arizona this week. We love it. Uh, Right, starting as usual with the top four this week. And a little pointer, we are including the leftover games from Wednesday, just to keep things a little bit interesting. Jared gets to go first this week. So, my friend, what do we think made the top four? Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with the most recent week, and that is United over Arsenal and the group not really confirmed is not a wizard, uh, David De Gea's performance in particular. Um, you are correct on the the match itself, and that actually did make the top spot. Man United versus Arsenal, uh, 3-1 to uh, the Red Devils. Um, and yes, uh, that is a fair point too. David De Gea, of course, with his mighty fine saves once again. Uh, so, Jared, we'll start with you on this. Uh, was it a Mourinho master plan or just moments of luck for Man United? Uh, you know, initially I would, I would go with the former, but when you look at the statistics of this, uh, of this match, and I'm certain Boyce will have a lot to say about this. Uh, I think it was, uh, to say that Arsenal dominate possession is an understatement. Uh, I believe it was 75%, uh, outshot something like four to one, uh, and just, uh, United defense and how they kind of relied on that and Marino is anything, uh, including stubborn. And I think it just, it just paid off this week. Not with a little bit of luck. I mean, uh, Arsenal could have easily had four, uh, or five. Uh, so another common theme, you know, you got to have luck in this game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this came in the, uh, form of a fine performance by De Gea, Mm -hmm. but, uh, United able to able to strike back with such little possession. Um, I, I think we can comfortably say this is this is how Jose Mourinho is going to play, uh, countering with the likes of Rashford um, and uh, uh, with Pogba back in the middle. Uh, they're, I think they can be scary. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, all right, boys. Arsenal were clearly dominant, as, uh, as Jared pointed out. Clearly just unlucky. Or were they perhaps lacking that little bit of finesse? What do we think? I, you know, I, I think the story of this game is the fact that the Monreal, Koscielny, Mustafi back three prior to this in seven games hadn't conceded a goal. And then Koscielny and Mustafi apparently got their wires crossed and decided that they'd just see two to United in the beginning. Mm. I think Jared's right to a certain extent that when you look at possession statistics and it's 75 to 25, you are led to believe that Arsenal dominated and they did. But there is a question, I think, even as an Arsenal fan, as to whether or not that domination occurred as a byproduct of the fact that United simply 
didn't need to attack. Mm. I think going into this match, I would have told you that Lukaku was going to be Arsenal's biggest sort of bogeyman throughout the entirety of the match. And you look at the first two goal scorers, there's some great movement in there by United, but that was basically Arsenal just conceding Mm. and giving up almost immediately to be down 2-0. And then you look into the second half and you see Alexis Sanchez doing things. I think the last statistics that I read about him, he turned the ball over 13 to 14 times, which was by far and away more than any other player. He was absolutely squanderous. And in all honesty, I think that the kick save that De Gea made was amazing. But Alexis Sanchez has to finish that goal to make it 2-2. Yep. I think it was in the 65th minute. I think it's inexcusable that that ball didn't hit the back of the net. And there were multiple times that he had opportunities that he wasted. So while I don't necessarily think it was a tactical masterclass by Jose Mourinho, I do think credit where credit's due. His players had three shots on goal, and they finished every single one of them. So yeah, that is- I think it's hard to take that away. It's a tough one to take, especially, I suppose, as an Arsenal fan, knowing that your team is just so dominant with that possession, but, of course, losing the game at the end of it all. And a big game, too, like that, um, hard one to take. But I'm, I think, confident in saying that, I think Arsenal will actually push on with this and really uh, really challenge, at least for top four this season, for sure. Uh, but we shall see. Right, uh, boys, we're up to you next. Uh, we have second, third, and fourth spot still to get. So what do you think? I am going to go with Liverpool's 5-1 demolition of Brighton and Hove Albion. You would be correct. That is on the list this week. Congratulations. That's uh, number four, however, right at the bottom. So just a single point. Um, So first question right off the bat. Liverpool, I mean, they've kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. Not not a huge amount has been spoken about them. Do we favour them to maybe make the top four this season? I'm still a little bit dubious about Liverpool's top four chances. I think that Brighton and Hove wasn't exactly a team to expose their defensive inefficiencies. Uh, but credit where credit's due, when you put up five goals and not a single one of them is scored by Mo Salah, yes, that's yes. certainly something to be said for them. Defensive numbers for Liverpool are probably going to end up being absolutely staggering by the end of the year. But there remains a question as to whether or not that's, this team is actually capable of beating the bigger clubs. Mm. You know, they played to a 1-1 draw against the Chelsea team that has certainly turned the corner as far as this campaign goes and looks to be well on its way to finishing in the top four. And But they did that at Anfield. And I think it's one of those situations where I just envision a situation where Liverpool drops just enough points to the top six teams to where they finish just outside of the top four this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fair assessment. You could be right with that. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, Jared, what do you think of uh, Brighton's chances of survival in the Premier League? A lot of teams that obviously just come up, they face the dreaded drop right away. Do we think Brighton's going to hang in there, or are we seeing uh, a few cracks in the team? Last week you had Brighton uh, drop, drop. Uh, Palace at home, uh, and then to lose to a number four Liverpool uh, you're sitting at 12th right now with 15 uh, matches played. I don't think they're quite concerned with the goal difference, especially when you consider that they just lost 5-1 and their goal difference is only negative mm-hmm. 5. Uh, so this is a Brighton team that has, uh, pun intended, a very bright start uh, to, the, uh, to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think they have as good a shot as anybody. I mean, they are uh, seven points clear of the drop, so you know it's far too early to say anybody is safe. But I'll tell you what: uh, Swans, West Ham, Palace, West Brom uh, would 
definitely trade places uh, uh, if if asked with Brighton. Yeah, agreed. Um, just quick thing, we are having some slight issues with Skype. I don't know if it's an internet error on my end. Um, so apologies in advance. There is some cracks, but we're going to hopefully try and iron those out. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, two down. We've got two to guess. We've got second and third still available. Jared, we're back to you. So what do you think? I'm going to say uh, Man City. Uh, almost any duel. This might be cheating. Uh, the, in a just another win uh and if i can elaborate on that just continuing to not drop points mm-hmm. for the 11 millionth week in a row <laughs> you would be correct <laughs> the, top, the topic again is of course manchester city's dominance um but yes more importantly their late winner from sterling was the talking point in the match against southampton on wednesday uh somehow it seemed to be they'd finally be just settling for a point but of course the last kick of the game raheem sterling comes on and snatches it for man city um so, Jared, are we looking at title winners at this point in the game? Can Man United have any kind of uh, any kind of hope for it? <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to uh, the Manchester Derby. Um, yes, mm-hmm. it uh, uh, this is this is a match that uh, uh, has kind of lacks some luster in recent years, and th- this is exciting. We're really going to kind of see the unstoppable force against the immovable object. Um, you're seeing kind of. I remember, uh, and obviously, I. As a as a Spurs fan, being so frustrated uh, two years ago with Leicester just collecting points. I mean, they seemed to win one nil, two one, three two. Just they they just could not lose. It was mm. frustrating, and I think that frustration uh, is 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 spreading uh, throughout the Premiership. I mean, you're looking at a a, a City squad that's sitting on what forty three points, mm. uh, fifteen matches in. That's unreal. Mm. Uh, so I am I am very much uh, as a as a neutral observer, uh, looking forward to a very entertaining Manchester Derby this weekend. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and Boyce, I mean, let's take the two teams here and look at Southampton and West Ham, both of them against Man City. I mean, did you think they had any chance of getting anything from those games or was it really a kind of foregone conclusion, even at the start of the matches? Well, I think the Southampton match obviously was one in which, if you look at Raheem Sterling's last-minute goal, was something that was at least a little bit unsettled. I have zero faith in West Ham at this point. So even though they went into the half with a 1-0 lead against City in the weekend, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that City was going to find a way to come back. And I know that it was only 2-1 in the end, but it was much more comfortable than you would have expected after that first half. Hmm. I think... Although we've said this about Everton and on repeat over past weeks and they've somehow ascended to the middle of the table, I do honestly think that West Ham just right now aren't capable of generating anything. So these are two matches that I think City should win. And I take Jared's point about Leicester City. I just think that Man City is a much more dominant version of that team this year. Right, we are on to the last question or the last uh, last one of the top four. Uh, so, Boyce, what do you think? We've got uh, third spot still to guess. I'm going to go with the Chelsea 3-1 victory over Newcastle. That actually did not make the uh, the top four this uh, this time round, unfortunately. So, bad luck there. Jared, let's swing back to you, see if you can get it. Uh, goodness. Let's see. Um, could it be Arsenal 5-0 over Huddersfield? That was actually the fifth one uh, when I was doing this list, but it got bumped <laughs> the last minute. Um, so that, unfortunately, is not on the list. No, the correct answer is uh, it is Spurs versus Watford 1-1. One, one, and I don't want to talk about that, James. <laughs> but you, under- you understand me. 
Um, the question, let's ask Jared. Why not, Jared? You can start this off. How can Spurs stop the rot, as I call it? What what is what is their deal? <laughs> I I. I don't know. I mean, week in and week out, I started off saying they were tired, uh, and then I moved on to this just sparked a bad luck, um, and I, I'm i running out of it. I need a more dynamic Deli Ali. I need a, a more incisive Christian Eriksen. I need a healthy Toby Alderweireld. Um, and uh, at at the end of the day, uh, I'm you know we're seeing a complete inverse of of Spurs where, uh, a phenomenal performances in Europe, uh, topping a champions league group with Real Madrid. And then you're drawing Watford, you're, you know, eking out wins against palace, uh, and you're dropping points left and right, uh, uh, a point a minute, uh, as I alluded to, uh, uh, you know, in our, in our blog. So I don't know. Uh, let's put let's put Harry in goal again. Let's just do it. Let's <laughs> see what let's happens. Just yeah. Figure it out. Uh, uh-huh. Boyce, let me ask you this: Do you think Watford deserved, deserved like to maybe win that game? I mean, their performance was was pretty strong in parts. Um, should Watford be kind of pleased with their performance? I definitely think that Watford should be at least slightly pleased with the performance. But I think I'm actually going to uh, say an encouraging word about Spurs here and say the fact that the fact that they were down a man for as long as they were in that match and somehow did not concede and still end up, ended up getting at a point at a mm. place where the Arsenal lost in the final minutes under not red card circumstances, but certainly similar circumstances in terms of play, I think is moderately impressive. Mm. Obviously, Troy, he didn't come out and say that Spurs lack cojones after that match was over with. So <laughs> yes. uh, there's something to be said. I think that Silva has managed to get a lot out of this squad. And I certainly don't think they're going to compete for a top six, but I certainly think they're going to end up in the top half of the table. And I think they're going to bring some pride to their fans. They'll get a scalp or two by the end of the year. Another one, at least. We'll see how they, uh, they progress. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. And we're going to play a new game this week. Uh, I call this one... Team identity. I know the names will get better, I promise. Uh, But the premise of the game is simple. It's like player profile. I'm going to list three facts about a Premier League team. But to make things interesting, one of those facts is false. Yep, a flat-out lie. So, like, two truths and a lie. Um, So our players have to guess which one, of course, is the lie. Um, Players will take turns in this one and have ten seconds to guess. So, boys, you're up first. I'm going to give you three statements about Huddersfield. Get ready. This is going to be really exciting. Um, So, again, two are correct. One is wrong. Number one, Patrick Stewart is a lifelong fan. Number two, they have their stadium named after an English lager. And number three, the first English club to win four successive titles in the 1920s era. I think the last one's a lie. You would be correct, sir, and that gives you two points. Yes, they were not the first English club to win four successive titles, although they did win three, so it was kind of like a half lie, half truth, I don't know what you want to call that, but uh, yes, you are spot on. Patrick Stewart is a lifelong fan, and their stadium is named after an English lager, which is just amazing. Um, Right, Jared, you're up next. I'm going to give you three facts about Stoke City again. Calm your nerves. It's going to be exciting. Here we go. Number one, the oldest football club in the Premier League. 
Number two, actor Kenneth Branagh is a fan. And number three, they are known as the Potters. What do you think? I'm going to go with number one. Number one is incorrect. It is, in, it is in fact, true. They are the oldest uh, club in the Premier League, which is crazy. Uh, boys, let me wow. give it to you. Can you uh, can you guess from the last two options? Can you repeat them, please? Yeah, sure. So the two that are remaining are actor Kenneth Branagh is a fan, and they are known as the Potters. The false one is that Kenneth Branagh is a fan. That would be correct, because Kenneth Branagh, and I'm very surprised you, Jared, here. Kenneth Branagh is actually a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Um, who would have thought? But he is. Um, <laughs> so Boyce is going to get a bonus point for that, uh, just because I'm feeling nice. Um, and Boyce, this last one is for you. Uh, so get ready. Three questions, or three statements, rather, about Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Uh, number one, also known as the Glaciers. Number two, their stadium cafe is named after their goalkeeper. And number three, they suffered the heaviest defeat of any Premier League team since the 2000s. What do we think? I think the first one is false. That would be incorrect. They are actually also known as the Glaciers and the Eagles too, which just makes things confusing. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Can you guess from the last two? Uh, the goalkeeper cafe. That is also incorrect. Believe it or not, oh, they have goodness. a cafe. Yeah, their cafe is known as the Spironi Cafe. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Too true. Yes. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? But it is. It is true. Yeah. So the the lie, of course, was. They have suffered the heaviest defeat of any Premier League team since the 2000s. That's just simply not true. Um, so no points scored there. Unlucky for that one. But we are going to shiftly, shiftly, wow, that's a bad one. Quickly, there we go. Quickly move on to our last game. Uh, we're going to do another round of player profile. This is where, again, I list five stats of a current Premier League player, each one easier than the last. Uh, again, first one to shout in their name and guesses it correctly gets the points. Same as before. Are we both ready? Let's do it. Fire away. Fire away. I like that. So, player number one is a midfielder. He was born in Switzerland, currently playing for his first English team, plays for Arsenal. Last name starts with an... It's Granit Xhaka. You are correct, sir. Yes, that is exactly right. You got the two points. Despite the, uh, the faulty connections or whatever, he snuck in there and took the points. Right, next player. And I'll, I'll read it a little bit slow if that helps um, get the connection, all that jazz. Um, so, next one. Belgian attacking midfielder. He's played in the Premier League since 2010. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Jared. Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard is incorrect. Unfortunately, that does freeze you out. Jared, the other clues are used to play for Fulham. And there's another player with exactly the same name. Oh, my goodness. Um, What do you think? Both exactly the same name. Uh, True as well. Yeah, who would have thought it? But there is. Uh, Musa Dembele. That is it. Yeah, Musa Dembele is absolutely correct. And would you believe it? There were rumors that the other Musa Dembele was going to be coming to Spurs. How confusing 
would that have been? But hilarious at the same time. Uh, Fantastic. Look- yeah. <laughs> Musa Dembele, which one? Uh, anyway, yes, correct. Yeah, that is correct. You get the two points. Nice work for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Player number three is a defender. He is an English player. He spent four years at Bolton Wanderers. He now plays for Chelsea. His first name is Gary. Oh, Boyce. Oh, Boyce. I think Boyce just squeaked it in there. What is it? Uh, uh, It's Gary Cahill. Gary Cahill is absolutely correct. I think the last clue gave it away, but still, we'll take it. Two points for Boyce. So two left. Uh, Here we go. English striker has been at his club since 2010. His club have been in and out of the Premier League. Plays for Watford. And his last name rhymes with Beanie. Jared. Yes, Jared. Deanie. <laughs> Deanie is absolutely correct. Nice work on that one. we got one more to go, and here it is. Last player plays for West Ham. Is an English player. Has been riddled with injuries during his career. Boys. Yes, boys. Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll is correct. That gives you the points. Congratulations. And that Riddle with injury, made of glass. All right. <laughs> that would have been my next clue, made of glass, literally. Uh, actually, the last clue, if you're interested, is uh, he's six foot four. Um, so, again, that would have been maybe a game changer. But anyway, that is the game. And the winner today, despite having uh, obviously technical issues all around, Jared managed to pinch it with 11 points. Boyce got 10. So, one point out. Jared once again takes the win. And I believe that takes the series to three to one to Jared. Exciting times there. Just hope now Spurs can win and make you feel a little bit better. Uh, I would gladly trade the wins for Spurs wins. (laughs) Uh, Man, I wish we could do that. But uh, that is all we have time for. Uh, Big thanks to Jared Bustamente and Boyce Richardson. Uh, I want to thank Skype, but it's kind of hard to with the technical issues. But they they have been our providers. And to Alan Pardew and his smelly dressing room comments. Be sure to check out our brand new website, whokickthecornerflag.wordpress.com for little blog insights, analysis, all that fun stuff. And, of course, our Twitter page, at kickcornerflag, for fun punditry. Any final words, guys? Jared? Until next week, my friend. And, boys? Looking forward to watching Arsenal Southampton at 6 a.m. on Sunday. It's going to be a great one, I guarantee it. All right, take it easy, have a good week, and bye-bye.